Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are here at the Launcherpreneur Academy with the keynote speaker, Jeff Joyner. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Glad to be here. You uh, spoke last year, although we had like fragmented rooms and it was a it was a different vibe. This year, we're all in one room, a big old family reunion up here, and uh, you're going to be bringing it uh, this this afternoon. Yeah, excited to be here. I um uh, known Brian for a long time, but uh, it was my first time being at uh, Launchpreneur Academy last year, and I, I was blown away by the uh, just the vibe here, the passion that people have, and the excitement, the desire people have to learn. Husbands and wives here learning together. I, I was just so impressed, and so I'm honored to be invited back. And uh, it's one of my favorite groups to speak to. Awesome. You're from Ohio, right? Correct. Okay, you texted me, and I recognize that area code. Are you down by Cincinnati, or where yeah. Are you at? Yeah, I'm just north of Cincinnati, and so I know you're a Buckeye. I like Ohio State and Cleveland Browns. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I live in Ohio, but I was born and raised uh, about 30 minutes from here in Sterling Heights, Michigan, so okay. I'm, a, I'm a Wolverines fan. Okay. Living in Bucknut country, which is really hard to do. Uh, it's, been gotten, it's getting harder and harder every year. Yeah, it, now it, do you like the Detroit Lions, too? Or? Yeah, boy, talk about embarrassing <laughs> things to admit in public. Like, I'm a Lions fan. My wife is like, why do you still root for the Lions? I'm like, I, it keeps I, I you just, humble. It really does. <laughs> I told someone the other day, it's like watching the movie Titanic over and over again and rooting for the ship. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember, see, when I was a little kid, they had Barry Sanders, and he, he was just, he'd zigzag and juke you, and he was special to watch in that old dome. I mean, th- those are the glory days. Oh, yeah. We Chris used- Spielman. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, he, he just uh, got added to the Lions Ring of Honor. They, oh, uh, wow. They, they still honor him. He's still part of uh, working with the team. But, yeah, we grew up, uh, my, my uh, dad and my uh, we, my parents had five boys, and we'd go on Thanksgiving Day every uh, year. That was, yep. We'd go up to the Pontiac Silverdome. That's what it was. Sit up in the high, high bleachers and uh, in the cheap yeah. seats and watch the Lions play. The glory and, uh, days. Yeah, yeah. And they... You know the the Browns fans that I know complain. You know they're like, "Oh, we've had it really hard." And I we said, have. I said, "Yeah, we've won two playoff games in the last sixty years. So try that on for size. It's pretty rough." Yeah. Now, what brought you from the Detroit area down to Cincinnati area? Uh, I moved uh, to Central Ohio to go to college. I went to a small school called Cedarville yes, University. Sir. Yeah, I'm and, from Ohio. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so uh, Christian College there and. Uh, I actually went down there to uh, to play soccer. I was okay. a high school soccer player and thought I was going to be a soccer star in college. Uh, got down there to school and uh, found out that I wasn't as fast and skilled as anyone, all the other players in the team. And so I got cut from the soccer team. And uh, I was like, well, now what am I going to do? I had a little bit of an identity crisis, right? If I'm not a soccer player, well, well, Detroit Lions, well, what am I? getting cut from the team, you're, you're humble. Yeah. <laughs> humble yeah, beginnings. I, I, I definitely have some humble <laughs> beginnings. And so I, uh, I met somebody uh, a couple weeks later who said, oh, I'm on the speech team. And I said, the speech team? What is that? I've been speaking since I'm a toddler. How could that be? <laughs> and so uh, I ended up uh, trying out for and was on a speech team all through college and uh, changed my major to communication, speech communication, uh, parlayed that into a, um, a graduate assistantship at Miami of Ohio. Yep. And so I got a master's degree down there, and I was on a speech team and did a lot of competitions. 
And uh, then they offered me a faculty position there when I was 22 years old. And so that's kind of, we've had our roots in Southern Ohio ever since. Okay. What part of Cincinnati do you live in now? We live in Liberty Township, if you're familiar with that. It's kind of north side, Lakota School District. Okay. And so uh, I tell people, if you're driving down I-75 and you see the giant statue of Jesus, yep. that's our exit. Okay. Right? I know. We're, we're just, just off Montgomery the, just Road. Just off the right hand that? of Jesus. Now, that's off of 71 if you're coming from, oh, if yeah. you're coming from Columbus. You. Yeah. 75 runs uh, between, um, you know, Detroit, yep, goes yep. through Cincinnati, all the way on down through Knoxville, all the way to Miami. Yeah, absolutely. So you're speaking in college, you get the graduate assistant job in 22. What was the story to go from there to being a keynote speaker in front of a bunch of entrepreneurs? Well, I, uh, I taught uh, at the college level for five years, taught public speaking, um, and uh, after five years, decided I want to get out of that, and I was going to, you know, I'm like, boy, I'm going to get into you know, consulting. Okay. Right. That's where the big money is at. And I found out that, you know, who's going to hire me to consult anything? And I, I met with a guy who ran a big uh, sales training company and he said, Jeff, you're a great speaker, but you've never sold anything. You know, why would anyone listen to you? And I was like, oh, that's a good point. (laughs) And so uh, I went and uh, I I called a friend of mine who worked for the Campbell's Soup Company. Okay. Of all places. And I said, hey, do you know anybody who's hiring? He says, Campbell's is hiring. And so I sent in my resume. They flew me to Chicago the next day. On Monday, I was a professional soup salesman. Wow. And so I did that for 10 years, worked in sales and management in the food service industry. And it was around that time that I, I started noticing that my customers, their biggest problems had to do with people. Okay. Right, managing people, hiring people, keeping good people, motivating people, and so I started offering uh, my customers, hey, a little value add if you buy our products, I'll come in and do some training for your employees. And wow. uh, the demand for that kind of grew and grew and grew. Uh, had another company that came along and said, hey, we want you to come work for us, and I said, hey, I'm you know pretty successful here at a big. You're company. about mid thirties at Campbell's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another company came along and said, hey, it's a smaller company, can we, will, you, will you leave and come work for us? And I said, well. You know, I'm a top salesperson here at Campbell Soup Company. And they said, what if we doubled your salary? And I said, what day can I start? (laughs) (laughs) And so I did speaking and training for that company. And uh, it was about 10 years ago uh, that company got bought out and they were going through some changes. So I decided to take, make the move uh, to be an entrepreneur and work for myself. And so this is what I've been doing for uh, about the last 10 years full time. I've done it kind of on and off for a long Uh time. But um, do, uh, you know, 50 or so events a year that I'm uh, speaking. 15 or 50? 50. Yeah. There's only 365 days in a year. So you're, you're about once a week. Yeah. Yeah. About once a week. Uh, although sometimes I'll do three, four, five in a week and then I'll have a month off. It kind of yeah. comes and goes. But about half of what I do are uh, conferences like this, right? People okay. coming together that are uh, looking to learn and grow in certain areas and they're looking for keynote speakers um, or breakout session speakers even. Uh, and then about the other half I do are, are companies that are looking mm-hmm. to move to the next level and they're mm-hmm. needing training on selling skills or leadership or team building or customer service. And so um, I love it. I, I tell, you know, if you've heard me speak before, I tell a lot of stories. Yes. Uh, pretty self-deprecating. A lot of my stories are rooted in, boy, terrible decisions I've made and, and horrible mistakes. Yeah, your origin of your lawn care business, I, I believe I heard you tell that to Brian on his podcast. That was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had uh, just a series of debacles in my whole life, you know, and I've, uh, you know, but I tell people my, my heart's in the right place. And, um, you know, I kind of have, you know, I have a little, a little YouTube channel that I started. Started last okay. year called an epic life. Okay, and it's all about 
you know, not having a perfect life, but an epic life is a life, I believe, that's lived in the service of other people. That's and you're trying to make other people's lives better. You're trying to make an impact, trying to make a difference. And so that's what I've always done. Uh, a lot of mistakes, a lot of falling on my face, a lot of lessons I've learned. Uh, but I find that the more that uh, that I share those, you yeah. know, people are, um, they are inspired. What's your best story, Jeff? Oh, boy, I don't know. I got hundreds. I got hundreds your, of your stories. Your best. There is... There is no, uh, boy, I don't think I have any best story. That's, no one's ever asked me that question. I'd, I'd, say they're, uh, I'd say they're all pretty good. Let, let me think on that. I might come back. Okay, to well, we're going to circle what, back what, around. What's the best you, story? You, you subconscious can uh, but, let but, that one marinate. Well, you know, it's interesting. I bet if you asked 100 different people that have heard me speak, what might, you'd get 100 different answers. Yeah, but what's, what's your best story that, that you, that you want to share? I'll let you uh, conclude. We'll, we'll have that as the conclusion All right, we'll uh, to the episode. But you mentioned something earlier that I think everyone listening right now, we got folks in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Europe. Um, this podcast is growing like crazy with the folks that are listening, Jeff, are lawn care, uh, landscape, hardscape, business leaders. And something that we are faced with, we've always been faced with it, but it's more difficult now than ever. How do we find good help? How do we keep them? We, we understand business is about getting and keeping customers, but part of that chain is having good employees and subcontractors to do the work. And a lot of guys listening to us right now are having this predicament where do I find these people? How do I get them on our team and keep them on our team? What's your advice? Okay, that's a great question. And I work with people in all kinds of industries. You know, white collar people. I uh, was just out in Scranton, Pennsylvania, doing some training for insurance adjusters and, okay. and talking to them about how to work with insurance agents and selling skills. And then uh, flew from there to uh, work with the School Nutrition Association. And it's mm-hmm. you know a bunch of uh, you know lunch ladies that are working in these kitchens and uh, for very little pay and and, and even less recognition and, and everywhere. And, and they kind of all have some of the same. Some of the same battles, Labor some, some of the same patterns. Yeah, and, it's, and, and there's no easy answer to it. You know, uh, I think a lot of it boils down to, you know, Corey Ballard just gave a great talk uh, in the session here and, and kind of touched on that about, um, you know, attracting good people and keeping them. Mm-hmm. And so I'll throw out a couple ideas that, that I find that, that seem to work for business owners that I'm working with or that I'm doing some consulting for. Uh, and, and number one is that I don't, I don't consider it to be... Uh, I don't like the word hiring. You know, when I talk to people that say they're having a hard time, and I, I, I teach through stories. That's, you know, you talk about what's your best story. That's really all I know is how to use stories. Um, I'll tell you a story about a, a friend of mine who uh, started a restaurant, a uh, frozen custard ice cream shop. Sounds pretty and, good. Uh, yeah, but he said, hey, having a hard, terrible time getting people to come work here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they can make more money somewhere else, you know, it's not really a fun job. And, uh, and I said, well, let me, tell, let me ask you, what is your strategy for talent acquisition? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I go, hiring. How do you hire people? He goes, well, you know, we put a sign in the window that says now hiring. Every, every <laughs> restaurant in America right now is going to sign in the window that says now hiring. Yeah, and in the sign next to that is an excuse like we are experiencing. Yeah, sorry, we have yeah. to close at 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so. And they don't have no guacamole at Chipotle. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real crisis. And so uh, I said, well, dude, I go, what a dumb strategy now hiring. You're going to just put a sign up there. And I go, so, so basically what you're attracting. I go, I don't do a lot of fishing. Are you, are you a fisherman? Do you like to fish? Vaguely. 
I, uh, I, I find the whole thing pr- uh, quite boring. No offense to the fishermen <laughs> out there. I feel like best case scenario, all you've accomplished is if you tricked a fish, right? As you call it. Fish tricking, not fishing. Uh, but the little bit I do know about fishing. Don't alienate my audience. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got a lot of fishermen out there. It, well, it, it, but here's what I do know about fishing, and I'm open <laughs> to learning more, is that the bait that you use determines the kind of fish you're going to catch. Yep. And uh, now hiring, minimum wage worker. So basically what you're saying is, hey, are you, are you a loser with no job? Well, then <laughs> come here. That's the bait that you're using. And I said, I don't know. Here's an idea for you. This is my buddy with his ice cream shop. I said, you're, uh, you're right down the street from, um, from a college. I said, why don't you make up some flyers and go put them on campus and say, hey, uh, uh, the ice cream shop down here, we're now offering entrepreneurial internships. We can't afford to pay you very much, but if you come work here, uh, we'll, uh, we'll teach you how to run a business of your own. He goes, oh, I said, you think you might attract a different kind of, and it's just an idea. It's not a, it's right. not a magic bullet. Um, I said, what if you, uh, and it's a seasonal business they have with a lot of young people. I right. said, what if you uh, offered, hey, if you work here for a whole summer, then you come back and work your second summer, we'll pay for all your college textbooks. You think you might attract a different kind of kid yeah. than the kid who comes for two weeks and then leaves? And, or you think some parents in the community aren't going to be like, hey, you're working at the ice cream shop. Right, right. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so that's part of it. I, I think you have things that you can offer, and you're looking what, for what you can kind of attract. I think how you treat people makes a big difference. Yes, sir. You know, there's all kinds of studies and research that show that when people, when people voluntarily leave a job, right, that's what I think you ought to be studying is, you know, why would someone voluntarily leave here, right? Wow. The, the number one reason is never, almost never, because of money. It's because how people made them tra- treated them. It's because how uh, being forced to work with someone that didn't carry their weight. Mm-hmm. People say, hey, I'm not going to do your job and my job. Yep. Right? Uh, it's that they're not appreciated and that they're not recognized. Right? And the people who voluntarily leave, are those the best employees or the worst ones? Hey, everybody. Caleb and Brittany Allman here. Hello. Hey, we have something special to tell you about a sale at thehardscapeacademy.com. We are offering 25% off the entire site. That's all of our training videos, our webinars, our company handbook, even Caleb's coaching calls are in there. It's everything except our in-person training. We're going to run this sale 25% off Friday the 26th through Monday the 29th. Perfect, folks. Check it out. Great value there to be had. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. Right, and the people who voluntarily leave, are those the best employees or the worst ones? The best ones. Those are the best ones, right? Because they got yeah. options. They're yeah. going to go work somewhere else. Right. The people, that, the worst employees, they never leave on their own. Right. You're stuck with them forever. And so, uh, yeah, and so to be thinking about, hey, how can I, uh, you know, I, I think to create a, a culture where people know that we're part of something special, we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. something, I, I think almost anything can be elevated 
in people's minds, you know, like what you guys do for, you know, what do you guys do? We cut grass. We're mowing and blowing. I don't know if anybody's got passion in their heart for that. Right. Jumping out of bed in the morning. Hooray! Plowing snow up here, man. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. But to say, what are we really doing? We're, we're serving the community. We're, we're, we're enhancing God's creation. That's exactly right. We're providing a valuable service for people in this community, and we're going to do it with class, and we're going to do it with honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to show people... Uh, the beauty and power of working with an independent local person in this community instead of a big company. Uh, you know, you talk about what I'm talking about. This kind of, the, the session I'm going to be speaking on this afternoon is called uh, "America Needs You to Win." Wow! And you know, you got people all around the world. I think no matter what country you're in, they need you to win. And uh, I, you know, a little preview of what I'm talking about today. I, I think there's a battle going on in this country. It's going on in this world. It's not a new battle, but it's heating up. And it's been around uh, longer than you and I have been alive. And it's a battle between, on one side, people that want to be free. Mm -hmm. People that want to control their destinies. People that want to have liberty. Freedom, yeah. Yeah, and I know these words. Some some people are like, oh, they roll their eyes at these words. But I I really do think that on one side of this battle, there are people that believe in ideals like uh, liberty and freedom and personal responsibility and self-reliance and marriage and family, and brotherhood, and character, and integrity. And uh, you know what? A lot of those people uh, have turned in the safety and security of a job and a regular paycheck to start a business of their own. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what America was built on, right? That this is a Boy, what an unpopular... It's, how bizarre is it that it's unpopular to talk about our system of economics, right? That our country is built on free enterprise and capitalism. And um, But I think... Uh, Boy, I think, and you know, part of what I'm so impressed with with the people that I, I've met at these uh, two entrepreneur academies is a lot of the people on that side of the battle fighting for freedom and independence. You know, they uh, they got beards and ball caps and they wear a Carhartt and you're likely yep. to find them driving a pickup truck and uh, maybe a zero turn mower. And um, it's, you know, it's a really, I think it's a really special thing to say, hey, I own this and it's up to me to make it grow. Right, that I'm not serving someone else. I'm serving my family. But you know, make no mistake, there is an enemy on the other side that wants to control, that hates you. They hate you, Paul. Right. They hate Brian. They hate Corey. They hate everybody at this conference. They hate freedom. They hate America. Uh, they hate happily married couples working together in a business of their own. They hate children being raised by both a mom and a dad. They hate you if you own a business. They really hate you if you've decided to put your faith and trust in Jesus instead of putting your faith and trust in them. And they control the schools, and they control the universities, they control the media, they control the biggest companies in America, they control social media, they control the government, they control the deep state, but what they want most is to control you. If you're listening to this podcast, there are forces out there that want to control you. And they'll do whatever they have to. They will uh, issue mandates. They will tell lies. They will do lockdowns. Their primary weapon is fear. If they can get you to be afraid. If you're afraid, you'll trade your freedom. Wow. For security. You'll literally sell your life away and someone else now owns you. 
And so some people I know think this is corny, right? There's people in this room and listen no, to this podcast. You're, you're stiffening up backbones as you're speaking. Keep going. Well, I'm t- there's people listen to this podcast. They're like, hey, I never signed up for a battle, man. I just want to mow some grass and make some money. And uh, you know what I would tell those people? Hey, um, you're in a battle whether you know it or not. Right. You're like wandering around a battlefield like, nope, 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 and there's bullets flying. And that's a good way to get killed. And so, um, you know, my challenge to people is, uh, you know, hey, that if you're in a position to have a business of your own, I think you're part of the solution. Hmm. Um, I really do think that this battle is between good and evil. It's between liberty and tyranny. It's between freedom and, uh, you know, and control. It's between capitalism and socialism and communism. And, um, and so what a, what a crazy thing that what does this country need? It needs more law entrepreneurs. What does the world need? Independent business owners that are going to grab hands with their spouse and say, hey, let's do this thing. Let's do this for our family. Let's do it for our community. Let's do it for our country. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, we talk about we're fighting a battle. We use a lot of military metaphors, people like us that talk about these things. And I would, I would say, you know, we're not really, you know, talking about taking up arms. Although I think a lot of people in this room probably have plenty of guns and ammos, right? Brian's got enough to share if you don't have any. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, but here's how you fight. If, if you want to fight in this battle, here's how you do it. You make sure that your marriage is strong and getting stronger. You take responsibility for your life and quit blaming other people for your problems. Uh, it's, it, even little things like I a good friend just asked me the other day. He said, hey, I, you got little kids getting ready to school age. You know, what do you think? Public school, Christian school, homeschool. And I said, you know what? There's pros and cons to all of those. Um, and I've seen those plans backfire, <laughs> all three of them. I said, here's the solution. You take responsibility for your kids mm. and for teaching them. Right? It's my responsibility to teach my kids it academically, is- spiritually. And then, you know, we've chosen mostly public school system to support us in that. Mm-hmm. But we've had some hard conversations with some of the teachers, too. Well, we keep an eye on what goes on there. And so taking responsibility is part of it, but you, you fight the battle by winning. To me, it's all about the more that you win, your family wins, your business wins. You fight the battle by growing your revenue. You fight the battle by growing your profits. Uh, you know, every stripe you put in, a, in, a, in grass, you, you're literally fighting communism. <laughs> every plow full of snow, you're fighting against socialism. And uh, I, I think when people start looking at it that way, that what we're doing is... I don't know if you can see, I feel like all these topics kind of wormed and come in together that how, how do you keep good employees, right? If I were in the shoes of some of these independent lawn care business owners, I'd be talking to my employees about, hey, that's what we're doing. We're not just making tall grass short. That's not a meaningful endeavor. You know what we're doing? We're, put, we're applying hard work and integrity and character into a process that's making a difference in this world. I think people are going to line up to be a part of that a lot more than just what job's going to pay me the most dollars an hour. Yeah, that, that's absolutely beautiful, Jeff. Very well said. And uh, as we kind of land the plane here, have you had a moment to uh, hit your uh, story? My favorite story? Uh, it's a longer story than you have time for, but people can check it out on my YouTube channel if they're interested. But the coolest thing I've ever been a part of, I don't know if you remember last year, I talked a little bit about my son. Yes. That's my favorite story to tell, that I have a, 
a son named Logan who's on the um, autism spectrum and uh, really struggled when he was a young man. Uh, when he was four years old, he couldn't talk. He spent a lot of his time hitting himself and punching himself and screaming and uh, got him into a program at school that really helped him. But his breakthrough came, of all things, he became fascinated with roller coasters. And he spent years watching roller coaster videos. <laughs> and by the time he was eight years old, he could tell you every roller coaster in the world, how tall it goes, how fast it goes, the angle of the steepest hill, how many feet it track, the manufacturer, what date did it open. Wow. But he was afraid to ride. And uh, we just kept encouraging him. And, and you know, we'd take him to Kings Island down by right where down. we live. Oh, yeah. and, hey, Logan, you need watch the rides. And, uh, but he was afraid to ride. And one day when he was eight years old, he said, Dad, I'm ready to be brave. I said, what does that mean? He said, I want to ride a roller coaster. I go, all right. You know which one? Yep, Snoopy's Flying Ace Aerial Chase. It was made by Intimate. It opened in 1991. It's 1,340. <laughs> okay, dude. And so he rode that thing and seeing the look on his face when he got off. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, I'm so proud of myself. And that's when I, I really pieced together for the first time the connection between facing your fears and having pride and self-respect. It's such a powerful thing. And so that summer, he rode all the coasters at Kings Island, had a lot of breakthroughs. His teachers at school were like, what in the world happened to Logan? Uh, they wrote it into his development plan that we could take him to theme parks as part of his development. And so he and I started traveling around the world. We've been to 100 theme parks in eight countries. We've ridden over wow. 500 roller coasters. He started a YouTube channel he's got with 30,000 subscribers wow. called, called Coaster Kids with a K and a K. And, wow. And he started mentoring other kids and helping them overcome their fears. He came up with something called the Be Brave Challenge to help these kids, you know, face their fears. And um, today he's a, a junior in high school. Wow. He's doing great. He's got so many friends. You wouldn't even tell talking to him that he ever had any challenges. Wow. Uh, a couple of years ago, he started a new channel because he thought Coaster Kids was a little kiddie, but we turned it into a nonprofit charity that's focused on helping kids feel the thrill and pride that comes with facing and overcoming fears. And so that's what a lot of my training is about is, and I'm going to talk about today, but you want to win, you got you to gotta kick fear in the nuts. Wow. You got to learn the difference between danger and fear. Right? You guys work in a dangerous field, right? There's, you're around machines that could really hurt somebody, right? Danger's real, yeah. but fear's not real. Fear's in your head. Yep. And uh, a lot of podcasts might not want me to talk about this, but I'm assuming you're okay with this. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Right. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. And uh, that was what we found with our son, that when he, when he faced his fears, and then he took his eyes off himself and started trying to help other people, God delivered him a clear mind. And uh, last little end of that story is uh, he just had his first job. He worked as a roller coaster operator at Kings Island this summer. Wow. He worked 700 hours at $19 an hour <laughs> uh, running all the roller coasters there. And people would go, hey, are you Logan from Coaster Kids on YouTube? And, uh, and so that's, that's probably my, I don't know if that's my best story. That's that, my, that'll work. That's my favorite story to tell. So, that'll work. Hey, I just want to, you know, uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, how much respect I have for you guys. I got a, you know, I just met Paul for the first time uh, in person today, but have followed him online for a while and watched some of his stuff and to see uh, the passion and integrity that you put into what you do. Um, if you're in the room when I'm speaking this afternoon, I'm going to give a little plug to your books because I think, um, I think education is so important. I don't think classroom education is hardly any worth at all. That's why I got out of teaching. I'm like, man, they teach all the wrong things here. I realized that in school you have the test, you have the lesson and then the test. 
But in life, you have the test and then the lesson. <laughs> yeah, that's real good. And so, um, so anyway, so I, I, I appreciate what you do. I, um, I hope you uh, continue to prosper and grow. And if there's anything I can ever do for you or any of your listeners, uh, if anybody wants to check me out, I'm at jeffjoiner.com, J-O-I-N-E-R. Uh, or I, I did start this little, I mean, Brian Fullerton would laugh at the size of my YouTube channel. You know, last year when COVID hit, all of my events got canceled. I had $150,000 worth of uh, income uh, from events that just went poof, like a fart in the wind. And wow. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and so uh, Brian actually encouraged me, man, you should start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Get your message out there. And so it's got about 900 subscribers. It's, it's really kind of very tiny right now. But I basically tell stories of uh, some of my adventures in life. You know, like the time I uh, found myself in a Greek prison, uh, which is a true story. The time I accidentally started a Nazi gang in the second grade. <laughs> the time I lost my brother's $10,000 jet ski in the open water. <laughs> what? All the, so they're all like kind of funny stories, inspirational lessons. But if anyone wants to check that out, and it can uh, reach me through either one of those places. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, Jeff, and looking forward to your speech this afternoon. Thanks for coming out. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Well, big thank you to Jeff for joining the program today. And another thank you to Brian Fullerton for setting up that interview. It was a few days ago, I'm sitting in my kitchen table and I got a text message from Jeff Joyner. He introduced himself and basically said, Brian said to be on your podcast. So here's my number. Let's make it happen while we're at LAL. And uh, I really appreciate Brian taking the initiative to set up this interview. Uh, we definitely try to bring the best of the best onto this program. And uh, when you guys give recommendations and, and make it happen, make the connection, uh, we certainly appreciate it as our, our goal is to bring you excellence in broadcasting. Well, hey, thanks to my bookkeepers, Megan and Joey Coberly. Uh, I was just on my monthly profit meeting call with them. And ooh, they gave me a little, a little butt kicking on that. <laughs> I got to get it in gear, man. I, I love having accountability and uh, having multiple sets of eyes on the numbers of my business. It's definitely intimidating uh, when you first, in a sense, um, you know, bringing other people into your team to look at your numbers. What story is your numbers telling? And I have about six eyes on my business um, in a really uh, deep way. Uh, Megan, obviously her set of eyes, her husband, Joey, his set of eyes. And then I also have a financial planner, uh, tax preparer, you know, person. And so between the three of them, I mean, they look at everything and uh, it's super helpful for me because it keeps me on the path to uh, prosperity and profitability. And when they can um, offer me guidance uh, and adjustments and pivots along the way, it's so important. So I say all that to say, uh, you know, make your pricing as you quote jobs to include um, all your overhead so that you can afford a bookkeeper, you can afford a tax planner, you can have uh, these people in your on your team in your corner uh, to really help take your business to the next level. So I say all that to say <laughs> thank you to Megan and Joey. I was just on the call with them and they said, hey, Paul, we want to buy 10 of your goal tracking journals. The diligence shall prosper. We want to give them away to 10 listeners of the Green Industry Podcast. So the other day I hopped on an IG Live and I said, hey, the first 10 people to email me your email address and your physical address, Megan's going to buy you the Diligent Shall Prosper Gold Journal. And so here's the winners from New Jersey, Wilmer Ortega. 
Congratulations from Springfield, Ohio, Dylan Stevenson. From Texas, Ricky Alvarez. And uh, guys, these books will be on their way, uh, probably arrive in December. Um, there's a couple week delay on, on Amazon getting them printed and shipped out and everything with the holidays, but definitely expect it by Christmas. Uh, Augustine, Arcega Gardening. They're from Fremont, California. I think I met you in person at uh, GIE. That name rings a bell. Easy Lawn Care, Tennessee. Congratulations. Junior Vera from Bensonville, Illinois. Congratulations. Ron Coleman from Rootstown, Ohio. I used to live up that way. Uh, worked there at Congress Lake Country Club, if you're listening. Ron Coleman, one of my first jobs. Uh, real near, uh, I believe, Rootstown, Ohio. Rings a bell. Eric Prokop, congratulations. We got another Illinois there, Lockport, Illinois. Lamont Hairston, the Snatch Man. Congratulations. Snatching up that copy of The Diligent Shall Prosper. You guys know Lamont from North Carolina. The Snatch Man. And last but not least, from Pennsylvania, Stroudsburg, PA. I believe that's Alex Counterman from Blades LLC. So thanks again, Megan and Joey Coberly. Uh, what they are going to do is they're going to go to Amazon.com, type in The Diligent Shall Prosper. They're going to buy 10 individual books. And then when it says shipping address, um, Megan will buy it and then she'll purchase it. She'll ship it to you. And so if you were one of the 10 winners and you don't get your book, you know, beginning of December, middle of December, let me know. We'll, we'll look into it. Um, but um, that should all be squared away. And um, I don't know if she'll put your email address on the Amazon thing so they'll email you the updates or whatever. I like it when I get something on Amazon now. They take a picture. They leave it at my doorstep and they take a picture and I get an email. And they're like, your, your, your item has arrived. And then I'm like, what did I get again? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you. We'll button things up right there. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to get your copy of The Diligent Shall Prosper, it's a 90-day goal-tracking journal. So it's going to have a proverb of the day at the top of the page. Underneath that's going to be a spot where you can write down three things you're thankful for for the day. Underneath that is where you write down three specific goals that you want to accomplish during the day. And then underneath that, there is a space to journal. And uh, it is now available on Amazon. The diligent shall prosper. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.